BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on your Sunday morning. On the right today, John Hancock. Good morning. And on the left, none other than Michael Kelly. Morning. And I'm John Brown. Big story this week, the investigation into a politically connected billionaire is engulfing both parties. As I'm sure everyone's heard by now, Jeffrey Epstein has been indicted on a slew of charges under the umbrella of sex crimes against children. That pretty much sums it up, and that does include sex trafficking charges. Epstein already served some time over a similar issue, although that case was significantly modified, but now he's facing more charges. So, over the years, President Trump said that he was a friend, but says they had a falling out about 15 years ago. Former President Bill Clinton jet-setted around the globe with Epstein. Dozens of Hollywood stars were at a party with him the week he got out of jail. Now, if you were to put out a list of the big-name politicians and celebrities who hung out with this guy, it would take the whole half hour just to read them. Now, these new charges also led to the resignation of the labor secretary, who was the guy who cut a sweetheart deal with Epstein's attorney years ago. So let's tie it all together. In that agreement, the prosecutor and Epstein's attorney agreed to sign off on such a light sentence on just prostitution charges, but it also gave immunity to four accomplices of Epstein, and their names were expunged, so we may never know who they were. Guys, there are so many layers to this onion. Michael, you get to go first. I think there are a lot of big-name political and celebrities who are really worried about how this is going to play out here. Maybe so, but we all should be concerned about the fact that this man was abusing children. Um, the, the fact that there was an effort down in Palm Beach and in New York City to help reduce charges to this man simply because he had access to wealth is an important thing for us to be examining and continue to... And it is fair that the criticism would be directed at both President Clinton and President Trump. Now, a lot of the Republicans want to make this all about, oh, it's all about Bill Clinton. Well, Bill Clinton's no longer in the office. President Trump hung out with this man. He had parties with him. This speaks to who he is, not to mention it was his labor secretary who cut the deal. Well, yeah, this, deal, this deal just doesn't, it really, it looks worse in hindsight. It was bad at first. Now we're knowing more about it. This just looks dirty. Well, it's horrible. And uh, now, this is not a partisan scandal. This is a scandal scandal. This guy... Is if what is being reported is true, and everybody's innocent until proven guilty, but if what's being reported is true, this is a bad, bad dude. Uh, and, and anybody that associated with him, and worse yet, participated with him in that behavior, well, they should be nervous, and they should be exposed, and that information should become public. You know, you've got to... You've got to take the strongest possible stand against crimes against children. It's, it's the most despicable crime that exists out there. And no, it's not a partisan thing. But if, if Bill Clinton or, or Donald Trump or anybody else was involved in this behavior, man. Okay, we've seen this far too often. I never used to think this kind of stuff was true. But we've seen case after case where influential people are being given these light sentences. We hear about affluenza. Right, this kid's parents were really well off and he was gonna go to a good school and so maybe he did rape that girl, and this is a different story, maybe he did rape that girl, but come on, he's gonna be a good kid down the road. I used to think it was maybe black-white, 
Republican, Democrat. This is haves and haves nots in a different type of legal system, it seems, and we're seeing these cases time and time again. But it's kids. When it mm -hmm. comes to kids, it shouldn't matter if you're the President of the United States or you're the Pope. Kids are kids, and they need to be treated to a whole different level of uh, scrutiny when it comes to our justice system. Okay, I heard you guys talking about this. We got to find out why Acosta cut this deal. And that's why the investigation has to continue, whether it's on the federal level and, and even here. You, had, you brought in the discussion of Kim Gardner as well. Anytime people in power have some improprieties, it seems, it needs to be investigated. And that's well, what's going on does. with all of these of cases. Of course it does. And look, our justice system is not perfect. Uh, there is no perfection in this world. And our justice system is also not perfect. And I do think there are cases where if you don't have resources, you don't get the same quality of justice as others do. However, more often than not, the justice system catches up to bad actors. And I think that's what's happened here. This guy, when he's can, these are federal charges. Mm -hmm. These are federal charges. This guy is never going to see the light of day again if what's been reported is true. And he shouldn't. And I think that's one of the big things here is why did it cost to cut that deal? You know, and then there are more names circulating with this one. And like I heard you guys talking about, like I said to John on the radio, is this is why there have to be investigations. You can't just say well, it's politically motivated, it's race motivated. People have to be investigated. I forget no the name of the prosecutor in New York who wound up going and advocating. Cy Vance. Cy Vance, who went and advocated for this man not to have to register as a sexual predator. I mean, come on, this was an admitted man who admitted to doing something with children. And if you're in the Justice Department or in justice, period, you deserve to have examination. We're dealing with some of that here, right here in St. Louis. There's some questions about Kim Gardner that have come up. You know, I'm not sure that Kim Gardner has done anything wrong. She says she hasn't. I don't know why there would be any concern or that there's any other motivation than making sure that the truth has come out. And I think in both instances, both in New York and here in St. Louis, that's the case. It was with Greitens. Same situation. There was a lot of smoke, so you go and you search, and you find out there was a fire there. And that's yeah. why you do these. Well, an elected official, elected office is a public trust. And, uh, and, and it, even more than your regular guy on the street, when you break the public trust, you should be, you should pay the harshest penalty. And, uh, and so if it's Kim Gardner, you know, we'll see what happens. She says she's done nothing wrong, but I think eventually the truth there is going to come out as well. All right. Also this week, President Trump responded to criticism leveled by former House Speaker Paul Ryan. A new book is coming out where Ryan was very critical of the president. The author of that book writes that the former speaker could not stand the idea of another two years with the president, and he says he saw retirement as his escape hatch. Well, that's when the president unloaded on Twitter and also during a press conference. So Paul Ryan was not a talent. He wasn't a leader. When the people in freedom and, and great congressmen wanted to go after the Dems for things that they did very badly, he wouldn't give subpoenas, whereas Nancy Pelosi hands them out like they're cookies. <laughs> Just hands them out. All right, so I guess the question, why didn't Paul Ryan, why didn't he come out and say this stuff when he was in a position of power? It's easy to say this when you're out of power. Well, he obviously made the decision in office that he wasn't going to publicly attack the president while Paul Ryan was serving as Speaker of the House. And that's a decision that he made. Uh, and generally speaking, if you're a partisan, you want to keep your partisan disagreements inside the family and don't air them publicly. So that's, I do have a problem, though, 
with Paul Ryan now coming out, he's out of office and blah, blah, blah. Look, if you've got those feelings, whatever, keep your mouth shut. Uh, you know, I mean, if you weren't going to say anything while you were in office and in a position to maybe affect some change in behavior, and if you weren't going to say anything then, you know, I don't have a lot of respect for somebody after the fact coming out. Yeah, why now? And, and well, it, it doesn't sure, help anything now. And it sure feels like Groundhog Day. This is happening time and time again with Republicans that once they're no longer there, they seem to have a backbone when it comes to speaking out to the atrocities that, that Donald Trump is waging on our government and our social norms. You know, I wish they'd all grow a backbone and stand up for what they truly believe in. AOC and Nancy Pelosi are surely doing that. Yep, that's what we're going to talk about coming up on Hancock and Kelly. Not just the Republicans within fighting, Democrats fighting too. The big tent party being rocked by allegations that leadership is targeting women of color and not allowing them to do their thing. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Adcock and Kelly. So we talked about Republican infighting. Democrats also had a lot of fireworks this week. AOC says the House Speaker may be picking on her and her progressive colleagues because they are women of color. Here's the backstory from CNN. With tensions escalating. Maybe you didn't hear what I said. I said what I'm going to say on the subject. Speaker Nancy Pelosi attempting to defuse the fight with Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. How they're interpreting and carrying it to another place is up to them, but I'm not going to be discussing it any further. But AOC is. It's singling out four individuals. Um, and knowing the media environment that we're operating in, knowing the amount of death threats that we get, knowing the amount of, of concentration of attention, I think it's just it's it's just worth asking why the freshman congresswoman calling out the speaker directly, telling the Washington Post, quote, when these comments first started, I kind of thought that she was keeping the progressive flank at more of an arm's distance in order to protect more moderate members, which I understood. But the persistent singling out, it got to a point where it was just outright disrespectful, the explicit singling out of newly elected women of color, a charge she stood by today. I think it's it's really just pointing out the pattern, right? Pelosi emphasizing today. We respect the value of every member of our caucus. The diversity of it all is a wonderful thing. Diversity is our strength. Unity is our power. Setting off this latest dust up, the fallout over the border bill that passed two weeks ago. Pelosi calling out the so-called squad, AOC, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib and Ayanna Presley, the four progressive freshmen and only Democrats to vote against the bill. Overwhelmingly, our caucus voted to protect the children. Our blue dogs, our moderates and all the rest voted to protect the children. They did not. AOC shooting back. Well, it's not true. It's pretty, I mean, that's, it's just wrong. And Pelosi diminishing their power, telling the New York Times, all these people have their public whatever and their Twitter world, but they didn't have any following. They're four people, and that's how many votes they got. AOC responding right back online, tweeting, that public whatever is called public sentiment. The feud had been simmering beneath the surface for months, with Pelosi dressing down AOC's Green New Deal proposal. Of what's in the in the uh, the, uh, the Green Deal, New Green Deal, and minimizing her primary win in New York. Those are districts that are solidly Democratic. This glass of water 
would win with a D next to its name. <laughs> okay. John, you've said it before. It's this type of thing that's going to guarantee Donald Trump four more years. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It's not because they're women of color. It's because they are women with wacky ideas on the extreme fringe of the American political system. I mean, you are talking about an ideology. You put any of the four of those women in any competitive district in this country, and they lose by a lot. And the Democrats' challenge here, they've got a president whose who's job approval number is in the 40s, okay? They should win this election, but if they keep pulling this stuff, they're going to they're gonna give another four years. We'll, we'll have another inaugural address from <laughs> President Donald Trump. Well, and there'll be 12 people there. Uh, so, look, here's the reality. Nancy Pelosi is doing what a speaker does. It's all about getting 216 votes to hold on to the speakership. Yes, there is no doubt about it that there is a left of center, way left of center group that's rising inside the Democratic Party. But those folks would not be in the majority if it wasn't for moderate Democrats from states like Missouri and Illinois and Iowa that are winning who can't go out and win in elections. This insurgency that we're seeing on the far left is a lot, far more immature in terms of age than what we witnessed happen with the Tea Party and the Republicans on the right. So I believe that Nancy Pelosi is really taking a lot of the lessons from the political infighting that happened with the Republicans to say, hey, no, we're all staying together. Now, the fact that we've taken this to race and other places, that's not the case. Nancy Pelosi, for three decades, they've defined her as the most progressive liberal congressman in the United States Congress. This is a person who's standing up for Democratic values and trying to keep 216 votes together so that the Democrats control the Speaker's office. The thing is, the young people who followed them, these four, they, don't, they haven't seen the history here, and they don't understand the fights that take place to keep people in line. That's what she's doing. All they see is, oh, now our leader is against us as the far-left group here. It's an immature argument, but that's what's going on well, here. Well, all they need to do is look across the aisle and see what the Republicans did to their speakers and constantly tormenting them, and guess what? They're now in the minority. Yeah, John, I, this, when I heard this whole thing play out, it reminded me of an interview I did with Newt Gingrich one time. He said, the problem when you play the victim card, be very careful with those people, because when they don't get their way, you're the next one to be targeted. That was the first thing that popped into my mind here, is they have played us versus them on everybody else. Now it's inside your own party. Right. Now you're dealing with well, racism both, issues. Both parties are in the midst of transfer, uh, historic transfer, uh, transformation, uh, decades in the making transformation. And it remains to be seen What's going to, is, is the Republican Party going to become a nationalistic populist party in its core? It could. Are the Democrats going to become a socialist party in, its, in their core? They could. And all of those fights are happening right before our eyes. We're in a very significant point in history. Let's tie it all together with this. You probably heard this week that Ross Perot died, and we're going to tie this into a third-party candidate here. Uh, some say that if there was no Ross Perot, there'd be no Clinton dynasty because Perot eroded the Republican side, right? But Perot also proved that a third party could win until you say a few things that drive voters away, like somebody's targeting my family because they're camped outside of my daughter's wedding. Yeah, a third party could actually form out of these kind of fights we're having right now, gentlemen. Uh, potentially, I don't think so. Don't I think, think so. we have a system that was devised by our founding fathers that's always been a us versus them two-party system. Ross Perot proved that, yeah, you can go get 20% of the vote, you get no electoral votes, you're not President of the United States. Think about this. We have two people, including the President of the United States and Bernie Sanders, who don't belong to the parties that they ran in and were elected in. 
I think they learned the lesson from Ross Perot that if you're going to make a headway forward, you're going to have to do it inside of one of the two parties. It doesn't mean those two parties are always going to be the Democrat or the Republican Party, but I think we're always going to have essentially Ross Perot's an outsider, a businessman, not a politician, who's running on populist themes, bring our jobs back. Ross Perot is the antecedent of where we are today in mm. politics. And what he didn't win. But what he spawned was, leading up to Donald Trump, which is a very similar kind of candidacy to Ross Perot, you had Governor Jesse the Body Ventura elected in Minnesota, not a politician. You had Governor uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger elected in California, not a politician. Those, those attributes that many candidates, Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, not a politician, it, it, that really traces its origin to Ross Perot. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, discussion about socialism. Yes, one political party out of control with their socialistic policies and wanting us to pay for their problems. No, we're not talking about Democrats. Time for the mailbag here on Hancock and Kelly. We get tons of messages every week, so this is their chance to answer your questions. Let's go to Daniel. First of all, from U City, he writes, this is why Democrats, which I am one, always blow it when it comes to elections. Our party is arguing over busing laws from the 1960s and if Mitch McConnell's family had slaves in the 1800s. We deserve to lose if we think this is what will motivate voters. Michael, that one was kind of directed towards you. Well, it's true. I'm not a member of an organized party. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a. They may picking seize, strange issues here to, to debate. They may very well seize defeat from the jaws of victory here. No, no doubt about it. All right, Brandy from Hillsborough writes, it's interesting that Republican Senator Charles Grassley wants a federal farm bailout, which he will benefit from. This reminds me of the Wall Street bailouts. Isn't this a form of socialism? John Hancock bailing out farmers due to reasons that Trump may be behind sounds a bit socialist. Well, I mean, this is why I'm not a fan of tariffs, because tariffs hurt our industry, in this case, our agriculture industry. So the answer to imposing tariffs is to... Is to you know, bail them out with taxpayer money. I don't, I don't think that's good policy. And let's just never forget, when we use this word socialism, it's abused. People aren't using it. We have socialistic programs in this country that the president says and wants to implement. One is farms helping them with the tariffs that he's implemented. One's called Social Security. One's called Medicare. We have socialistic programs. You know, and I had forgotten about the whole Wall Street bailout. I want to just once drive my company into the ground and get a bonus of like three hundred million. Uh, that would be great. That was a little more. I mean, that that was the potential devastation of the American economy yes. had we done nothing. I get I mean, it. There was more going on there. Socialism works. I understand what you're saying. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> we won't mark that tape. That may come back <laughs> later. Sally from Winsville writes, should women get equal pay for equal performance? Hell yes, she writes. So if the women's soccer team wants equal pay, have them beat the men's team and the issue will be settled. John Hancock, you're up first on this one. Well, you know, here, first of all, the whole pay issue as it relates to soccer is a very complicated uh, situation. And the women actually have a guaranteed floor. The men's soccer team, they're all bonused. So, and, and the disparity in terms of a percent of the revenue that they generate, the women actually in salaries get a higher percent of the revenue they generate. We'd all be better off if we let markets dictate what people are paid. Or we need to go back and renegotiate the collective bargaining agreement so that the money that comes into USA Soccer is distributed more fairly, and that can be done in the collective bargaining process. All right. If you want to send these guys an email, you can just go to our website, search out Hancock and Kelly, and you'll see an email. It comes directly to my inbox, and so then I pick which ones that we read. 
I like it this way. Nice. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, it is time for final thoughts. We'll be right back. It is time for final thoughts here on Hancock and Kelly. I'll be keeping tabs on the score today. It's just like Jeopardy. We get down to final Jeopardy here. So you're up first. Final thought. Well, for those people who are upset about the dialogue that's happening on both sides of the aisle, politics and government is run by those who participate. And so many people say they're turned off. I don't have anybody who's... Go out and participate. A lot of you who are watching this show right now aren't registered. Get involved. They're going to be talking about what you care about. All right. Ten points for you. John Hancock. I'm sorry to see the news about Kreftig uh, Brewery, oh, going, yes. local brewery going uh, out of business. William K. Bush founded that in 2011. And, uh, you know, anytime a local business doesn't make it, it's kind of a sad day. Okay. Nine points for you. <laughs> Sadly, it was out of 100 today. So <laughs> thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. If you missed any part of the show, download it there on your phone. Search out the words Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace is up next. And we'll try and get their scores up next week. There you go. Work on that? Okay. 10 to 9. Good job.